Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Today is episode 20. Today's topic is about fasting. We're still on the Sermon of the Mount, so this is Christ still giving his first sermon in his ministry. Uh, first, regarding fasting specifically, first let's talk about what Christ says proper fasting looks like, and then we'll talk about not only the necessity of fasting, but we'll also talk about some health benefits. So now now onto scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18 says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So this seems pretty self-explanatory, especially considering we've covered the whole don't virtue signal regarding prayer and gift giving too. So there's a trend here um, that that Christ is saying, hey, this is what hypocrites do. Don't do this. Do it this way. This is the way I want you to do it. And then there's a reward. So Christ talks about fasting, giving a reward to you. So that's you're denying the flesh and you're getting a reward. Same thing with giving to others, you get a reward. Same thing with praying, you get a reward. Okay, so when it comes to stacking up riches in heaven, which is what we'll get on later in the in the Gospel of Matthew and, and other parts of Scripture, those are three ways to get rewards. And no, that's not a sin to be like, hey, I want to do something that's going to reward me in heaven because Christ tells us to stack up riches in heaven. Get your reward. So if we're going to pray... Or excuse me, if we're going to try to get rewards and to honor and glorify God, let it be prayer. Let's give to the needy and let's do some fasting, right? So the instructions for fasting seem kind of self-explanatory, again, given the trend we've been doing over the past couple days. But we, let's see what else God's written word or the written word of God says about fasting. In Acts 14, verse 23, Luke wrote Acts, by the way, in case you didn't know that. So this is Luke writing, but the whole thing is written by God. Acts 14.23 says, And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So there was a decision that needed to be made, and they used fasting and prayer as tools to invite the Holy Spirit in to make decisions. So there's a lesson there for us. So, as you can see here demonstrated in Acts, fasting along with prayer is a spiritual tool. And if you notice, the wording in the verses that we covered in Matthew, Jesus said twice, when you fast, not if you fast. It's when you fast. The, let's touch on some commentaries now. The following information was taken from David Guzik's commentary. Jesus spoke to these fundamental practices of spiritual life in his kingdom. Giving, praying, and now fasting. Clearly, Jesus assumed that his followers would be fasting. There you go, right? We came to the same conclusion. Let's see another commentary. This commentary was, or this following information was taken from Benson commentary. Our Lord does not enjoin which means to forbid or prohibit by admonition. He doesn't forbid either fasting, alms, deeds, or prayer, all these being duties which were before fully established in the church of God. So consider them duties. Those are Christian duties. The following information was taken from pulpit commentary. Fasting is recognized as a religious duty. Christ does not abolish it, but regulates it. So there we go. We have three commentaries saying the same thing, right? Now, before we talk about the health benefits, I want to clarify something. Intentions and motives like we've talked about before. There's a difference between fasting for health benefits and fasting for the Lord primarily, but recognizing its health benefits secondary. 
The Lord must come first here regarding intentions and motives. Now, I find it interesting that something religious that the Lord wants us to do has immense health benefits. Do you find that shocking? I certainly don't. Go figure, right? Something that that denies the flesh, that's what's so interesting. Fasting denies the flesh, right? So as Christians, we are to deny ourselves. So as we use a spiritual tool that's going to give a reward to us, denying the flesh also has significant scientific health benefits. It's so cool to see science and Christianity line up. It's so cool to me. The following information was taken from the New England Journal of Medicine. Hundreds of animal studies and scores of human clinical trials have shown that intermittent fasting can lead to improvements in health conditions such as obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancers, and neurological disorders. So there you have it, right? Major killers in the U.S. and fasting helps all of that. The following information was taken from the American Society of Clinical Investigations. Fasting enhances growth hormone secretion and amplifies the complex rhythms of growth hormone secretion. Now, so if, if none of you have heard what growth hormone is, it's basically like the fountain of youth, right? It helps with connective tissue health. It helps burn fat. It helps with cellular growth, but a different kind of cellular growth. And let's say t testosterone. Now, I'm not going to get too scientific. Just Google health benefits of human growth hormone because that's the hormone that's increased when we fast. So, now that we've hit on the commentaries and some scientific studies, let's talk about the different types of Christian faiths and what they do about fasting. Now, I personally could not find any doctrinal requirements for Protestants to fast. To my understanding, again, based on the research that I've done, Protestant fasting is something that's optional and private if someone feels compelled to rather than something that's regulated by church doctrine. Now, this is not the case with Catholic Christians or Orthodox Christians. Based on my research, it seems Catholics fast by avoiding meat on Friday, but another way Catholics fast is during Lent. And again, based on my research, I'm not Catholic per se, although I agree with a lot of the Catholic doctrine. I don't have a denominational commitment just yet. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out which church I want to fully commit myself to. But based on my research, the fasting that Catholics do is also on Lent. And the Lent fasting is on Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, but also all Fridays during Lent. So the Orthodox Greek, excuse me, the Orthodox Church, however, takes fasting a little more seriously than, let's say, the Catholics or the Protestants. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. They just they do it twice a week, every week, year round. So they're, they're very serious about that. The faithful Orthodox Christians, they avoid olive oil, meat, fish, meat, and dairy products every Wednesday and Friday throughout the year. So now I will always tell you guys if I'm not 100% certain about something, okay? The doctrinal differences here on fasting between Protestants, Catholics, and Orthodox Christians are one of those topics. I'm not trying to offend Protestants. I'm not trying to offend Catholics. I'm not trying to offend Orthodox Christians. I was baptized traditional Roman Catholic. I was raised in traditional Roman Catholic Church. I also spent a lot of time in the Protestant faith. So I have more experience in Catholicism than Protestantism, but I find it interesting that the Orthodox Christians do more fasting than anyone else. To this point, um, I'm sorry, the point of this was not to get every doctrinal difference 100% correct. Right? I want to kind of give you guys a casual, broad stroke um, articulation, let's say, about kind of like the doctrinal differences and how fasting is a little bit different between the three Christian faiths. But the main point for today's message was that fasting is in fact biblical. So if you're a Catholic or an Orthodox Christian, you know, you guys have doctrinal things you're already doing within your church for fasting. However, if you're a Protestant and your church isn't talking about fasting, 
My recommendation, based on what the Bible says and based on what the Catholics and Orthodox Christians do, is I would probably fast once or twice a week. That's my recommendation to you. Now, what I personally try and do is I try to fast every Sunday until 3 to 6 p.m. Now, I'm going to... I'm trying to push that where I fast on Wednesdays and Sundays till about 3 to 6 p.m. And I'll only drink plain black coffee from the time I wake up until 3 to 6 p.m. And the reason for that is because, uh, you know, I'm tired when I don't eat. I get sleepy. So I need to do homework. I have to go to work. I have these things that I have to do. So once a week is a good starting minimum. Sunday's traditionally dedicated to the Lord anyways by going to church and whatnot. So it's probably a good idea if you're a Protestant and your church isn't talking about fasting, just fast on Sundays. Black coffee, plain black coffee through the day till 3 to 6 p.m. once a week and spend some time praying too, right? And there's, you'll, we get rewarded for it, right? And it also strengthens you spiritually because you're denying the flesh. So let's close today with a summary. There's six short summaries. Number one, Jesus said when we fast, not if we fast. He said that twice in this set of verses, by the way, when we fast, not if we fast. Number two, don't virtue signal when we fast like the hypocrites do. Number three, fasting and prayer are vital spiritual tools. Not optional, but vital. Number four, fasting was used in the Bible in the book of Acts when critical decisions needed to be made. So fasting and prayer can help with decision making, right? Number five, fasting has immense health benefits, as we touched on. Come to find out. Pretty cool. Number six, if you're a Protestant, try fasting once a week. And again, Sunday is a good day since traditionally speaking, it's a day given to the Lord. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.